welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Disney Cast Member, where I chat to Disney cast members from all walks of life, and of course, all walks of magic. For today's episode, Sophie and I will be chatting with the wonderful John, who sprinkled his pixie dust as loss prevention and overseeing security for the Disney store. Hi, John. Hey guys, how are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Of course, we're buzzing to have you on, and we're also going on your podcast next week. So I'm going to let you just tell people a little bit about your podcast, because we're going to link it here and tag you and everything, but explain what your podcast is about. Yeah, so obviously coming from working in hospitality at Marriott and Disney, uh, you know, working in security, there's a lot of misconceptions about like what security does. And there's also some bad relations between the people who make the magic and security. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes there are some bad stories uh, that I've heard over the years. So I'm trying to make, you know, break down that divide a little bit and kind of talk about some of the good things that security does at uh, in all the hospitality and entertainment companies. So it's not just uh, about Disney. I do talk about Marriott and Hyatt Hilton, all of those, as well as I'll be getting into like film studios. So them you know right now with like covid uh safety guidelines and stuff like that we'll be talking about all that but yeah so that's the funny magic podcast uh go check it out yeah Yeah. we'll link it for everybody but yeah we're so excited to have you on it's because you're a role that we have not spoken to in any way shape or form on this podcast so it's going to be really interesting for our listeners it is and and i and like as much as it's not necessarily in the parks every the the whole point of this podcast is proving that every ounce of the Disney company has a part to play in making it what it is. No no way would the company work without every element that is a part of it. And obviously we'll acknowledge that you are no longer with the Disney company, but it's about taking whatever you learn with the company and moving it into whatever career um, you have going on in the future. But um, I say before we get started on your journey, John, let's hand over to Sophie for a Disney quickfire. Okay, so first thing that comes to your head, all right? Okay. What is your favorite park at Walt Disney World? Uh, Epcot. Epcot, oh. drinking around the world, uh, can't beat it. Yeah, I was going to say, you picked our home park, so yeah. we're, we're happy with that. <laughs> we did not pay him to say that yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is your favorite ride at Walt Disney World? Oh, Splash Mountain. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, that's a rare, it's a rare choice. Um, especially like with the Brits, we love coming over and like going on a water ride. We're like, yes, drench me in the water as I'm sweating. It's crazy. Like, um, but with the Americans, not so much. So, so I'm, I'm glad you said that. It's a, it's a hidden gem. Uh, on that note as well, I know it, this is quick fire, but what do you think of the Splash Mountain overlay? Are you a fan of the idea? You know, it was, it was time for it yeah. to happen, uh, and I think they picked the perfect story. To kind of you know not completely redo the ride i yeah. think tiana's story will fit perfectly into the already existing uh format and layout of the ride so i i'm i'm really looking forward to it and yeah. tiana's like top three princesses yeah so, totally agree with you totally <laughs> agree with you what is your go-to pavilion for a drink well, it's got to be the uk pavilion come on there we uh, go of course, of course we love it uh a second place behind the uh, UK would be Germany with their grapefruit beer. Oh You're my God, the first person to say that. But the appreciation for the grapefruit beer needs to be there. It is so yeah, good. Absolutely. Absolutely. How do you say it? Is it Schaffelhofer? Is that how you say it? Oh, I'm not even going to I would murder it. We're just like <laughs> you better at say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you can work at Walt Disney World in any role, what would you pick? Uh, security manager. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what he, part? 
Uh, I would not want to do Epcot because alcohol. Drink, um, yeah. Yeah, alcohol. I, I like to go there for it, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, no, probably Hollywood Studios I would like to do. Probably... I think it's good that you say that because Epcot can get very crazy. We obviously work for the wine and the amount of time security we're having to come to the UK Pavilion <laughs> because the UK Pavilion is the biggest um, alcohol, you know, license in the it's UK. The, I think it's. The, I also yeah. think it's the largest bar in oh, North yeah. America. I th- oh, not largest bar. The the most popular. I think the Rose and Crown has the most footfall of any bar in north america i'm pretty sure what that sounds right that yeah. sounds right actually i think i have heard that before but it right gets there. crazy at food and wine because people do go over their limits people come to epcot as drinking around the world drinking teams so yeah i think it's important that yeah, that's a good idea you said not to work there it's also yeah. good, va- good, good value for money in the uk pavilion that's why i would go because it's like i can get a even though yeah ten dollars for a beer. good value for money <laughs> but like ten dollars for like a pint of beer yeah that's a lot or i can go to like italy and have a uh, like one two five mil of champagne for like thirteen dollars i'm like Come no, on. if an American said that, I would go, okay, yeah. But we would get that same pint in Witherspoons, which is a brand <laughs> of a pub in the UK, for what, £2.50. 50? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, wild. yeah. The prices, are, you know, it doesn't seem to deter people from drinking a ton. Um, and then also you have like the mixing of like the different types of alcohol and liquors, which creates a whole other issue. Like people are going drinking tequila in Mexico and then wine in France and then beer and bad combos i've been there with, full disclosure with the I've florida been heat <laughs> yeah, yeah no i have two i have two uh and then with the florida heat it mm-mm, mm-mm, bad it's not a vibe but yeah okay well done in the quick fire there, there we, go. we go um but let's get into um your journey with the disney company john so um first things first what um what was your journey with disney was it something you loved as, uh, growing up as into like, like as being a kid or was it something that came a little bit later on in life so it was definitely as far back as I can remember. Uh, my passion for Disney has been there before even working for the Walt Disney Company. I had been to the parks, I believe, 26 times. Uh, so my family always went to Disney World. And, you know, I was kind of meant to uh, work security in the hospitality entertainment space, I think, growing up. So I was constantly going to Disney World. So I had that passion there, but I also grew up playing hockey and hockey. I'm not sure if you guys really watch that over there. Um, it's not a major sport over here, really. No, but, you know, the principle of defending your teammates, uh, you know, and obviously in hockey, a very violent way of defending your teammates. But it was instilled in me from a very young age that, like, you protect your group, you know, you protect your team. So I think there was like some weird psychological thing that happened to me growing up where I morphed like my passions for Disney and, you know, protecting my team where I was like, oh yeah, I want to work security at Disney. That's like from, I don't know, I was probably in junior high, which was just like I don't know, 13, 14 years old. Yeah. I was like, yep, I'm going to work on Disney's corporate security team. I didn't even really know what a corporate security team was at the time. Uh, so, you know, I go to, you know, school for my bachelor's degree. And then right when I get out, I go, hey, how can I get to Disney? I'm up in Chicago at the time. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe I get some like resort hospitality experience. That'll look good, right? So I end up applying. I get getting a job at Marriott. And a few months into working at Marriott, a uh, loss prevention, like regional person for Disney actually found my resume on Indeed. 
and contacted me out of the blue and was like, hey, I think you should apply to this job. You know, it's a part-time gig. I see you're working right now uh, already. So if you want to do it on, you know, basically on the side, I was like, yeah, I obviously signed me up. Yeah. Um, so I was there for a little bit as part-time and then I got promoted to full-time as well as in a leadership role. So I saw oversaw security and loss prevention at multiple Disney stores in the Chicagoland area. Um, so before we move on into your role with Disney, um, explain even to myself, because I see loss prevention roles come up a lot for Disney, even over in the UK, when, when you're browsing the website, hoping your dream job's going to come up, you know, or the UK is going to come back up as well. Like I can go back now, but tell us um, what loss prevention um, entails on a, in, a, in any, in any role. Sure. So loss prevention, basically like it's a nicer way of saying security in a lot of ways. Uh, companies are, you know, security can kind of sound harsh sometimes. So they kind of use loss prevention as an encompassing thing. So like, obviously there's like the retail loss prevention side of things where like people stealing from the stores, but a lot of it's also like safety, making sure, you know, people are not doing anything dumb and getting hurt at work um, right. or making sure that the facility in general is not posing any safety concerns where somebody's going to trip and then suddenly, you know, it's all this work comp stuff. And so it, it really encompasses safety, security. Um, and then, like I said, that kind of that stereotypical loss prevention where, you know, we're trying to cut shoplifters. Uh, but at Disney, obviously, there's a very different take on, you know, going with shoplifters because you can't go like there's some retailers in America where it's like you'll see that like their loss prevention people like in full on brawls with people and obviously disney does not want that uh that video no. circling <laughs> you know the internet and your costume to show in a fight on michigan avenue downtown chicago exactly <laughs> they don't want that. that exactly yes that. so it's it's very different than security in like really any other company because it is so customer focused yeah. um or guest focused i should say but, but yeah it's weird. I used to work for the Disney store in the UK and we would have all the security training videos and they're all like Americans. They're obviously all from America. So it's probably like the same stuff that you were doing. We'd be watching and they'd be like, you know, if someone does try and steal, they were like, you just have to be really calm. Go and be like, how's your magical day going? And it's such a different yeah. experience. Whereas like if you work at any other shop in the UK, you're like, why is this, why are they still on your radio like some idiots trying to steal? But such a different like Yeah, like can you imagine being yeah. like H and M and they're letting you go up and it's like, hey, how's your magical day going? Yeah. It's me. This person like, stealing's like out my face. <laughs> yeah, literally that. But like, um, were you obviously, obviously being based at multiple stores, were you kind of like back back office? Were you like on the shop floor all the time? Like, how did your day kind of go? Yeah, so it's a bit of both. Um, and then I would kind of flip between the stores and you know, a lot of it was you catch up, you know, you get there, you catch up and you say, Hey, what was stolen? What's, you know, was anybody hurt? Uh, you kind of review like what has already happened. See if you have to like do any reports, you know, up to corporate. Uh, and then, yeah, you go out there, you talk to the other cast members, making sure everybody, you know, I kind of really liked um, messing with cast members in a good way but yeah. like t quizzing them on like safety and security protocols. Yeah. Um, you know, so you do all that, you do monitor the floor a little bit. Like I said, Disney's a little bit different just cause like you're not in that typical retail loss prevention role where like you're not really confronting shoplifters. I mean, you do here and there, but more making sure that the stage is all covered where there's no play, you know, there's no 
corners of the store where somebody can go and kind of disappear and then take you know a bunch of shirts or yeah. merchandise and stuff uh, so making sure like hey guys let's you know spread out a bit uh cast members make sure we're moving around the floor making sure everybody's engaged uh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. so how long were you in your role for a uh, year and three four months something like that okay. Yeah. And and so you obviously you ended up being senior senior loss prevention is that what is that right yes so yes. did you start off in the senior role or was that something you progressed to I progressed to so I started off how they format in the Disney stores is you start off loss prevention cast member which is hourly part time right and then if you get promoted then you go up to associate I have no idea why they pick these names but uh, senior loss prevention associate instead of cast member. I guess it's to indicate that you're no longer like just a hourly, you know, part-time yeah. person, but, but yeah, that's how they change the names up. Of course. And I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. Like we obviously get all those scary videos and we do traditions of like the cameras looking down at Carson was like taking money. Cause it happens. Like, let's be real. Like people, oh, yeah. people like there's bad people in the world. <laughs> um, but like it is, it is a scary thing. And I mean, to have that responsibility as like you said, not just as a loss prevention officer, but a loss prevention officer for a company, possibly one of the biggest companies in the world, must have been a lot of pressure for you, right? Did you ever feel like it was a little bit too much pressure or was the company really good at like making sure that you were calm and collected and happy at all times? No, a ton of pressure, ton of pressure, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially like some people obviously, uh, I think it's less so with Disney, but some people are just, you know, they don't really care that much. Like Disney, like I adore Disney. Yeah. Like any loss to the company, I take like, personally <laughs> so that i put a lot of pressure on myself more than anything uh it's not necessarily that the company did a bad job uh no. with that that was just a, a me issue yeah. um but yeah no ton of pressure we're the same we put pressure on ourselves all the time like but it's not from anyone else like at disney when we're trained to be servers you know you get this three-week training period it's not that it's not that deep it's just fish and chips it's just a beer but you take on this oh my god i'm trained to be a server I'm one of the biggest companies in the world i need to do this i need to do that but actually yeah. it's just very chill they're not putting that pressure on you like so why yeah. it just shows though actually it's a good thing because it shows how committed we are to the company that we love that we will do that but obviously being in the disney stores and being such a big fan of disney parks was it ever something in your head that you were like I want to be security over in the parks. Does that ever cross your mind? Yeah, absolutely. So Disney stores are kind of like the, this is at least how it's perceived at the Disney stores mm -hmm. is they're like kind of like the unwanted child. Uh, they're kind of the other company within yeah. the Disney brand. Uh, the parks were, you know, obviously I would love to work at the parks, corporate security at Disney, I would love to work. And actually what led me to leaving Disney was I looked at, you know, people in the roles at Disney, like that I wanted to have like my dream mm -hmm. roles. And I said, like, okay, they all have, like, you know, years of experience in law enforcement or military. Okay, I don't want to do that. But, uh, you know, to get me eventually where I want to go, I'm going to leave, get my experience in law enforcement, and then try to jump back over into uh the private sector and corporate security and that i mean so far the plans worked i'm on a corporate security team now at a different company uh, so we'll see yeah so far it's going well the plan um i think i think that's the thing that like people can even with a, like a term like loss prevention or um even like you said disney store cast member like there can be this misconception i think from people that do work in the parks studios 
um, that are the highlights of the company. They're the ones that D23 talk about and all this stuff. Like Disney Store brings in, like it, at the end of the day, it's our local version of magic. Like we, it gives us the, I mean, I shop from Shop Disney all the time. <laughs> like um, the other day I was showing my friend something on my phone and she was like, oh, you was looking at Shop Disney last thing you looked at. Um, but like it's, it, it is just as important um, to acknowledge that you guys are such a huge part of the company as well. And I know obviously you've left now, but it there is room for progression from that role by the sounds of it. Like there, there it's not just a case of, okay, you're at the Disney store, that's it. Like as much as it might be harder to go from there, like you said, there's all these requirements to get to that next role in corporate management, but that's where you want to get eventually and you're doing that. But so just to touch on corporate management in the parks, as far as you know what it's about, what does that what does that entail compared to what you do now, if that's something you want to step into? Yeah, so basically like corporate security, you can lay it out across multiple companies where there's like global security operations, right? where that oversees, that's like on the corporate side, that oversees like the actual parks, you yeah. know, or, you know, the studio security people, all those technically fall under like global security operations. Right. So there is a separation there between the two. Uh, so there's like facility managers, which is essentially like, oh, Hollywood Studios security manager, Magic Kingdom. And they divide it up. I know like they have areas like the, you know, the Magic Kingdom area resorts yeah. will be under one person. Um, so there is a separation. Global security does a great job of kind of looking at threats facing the company worldwide. Yeah. And then we're laying that intelligence down to the parks and saying like, hey, just a heads up, there's an increase in this type of theft in Florida, for instance, or, you know, even taking a much more serious uh, case, the Pulse nightclub shooting. Uh, within hours, uh, Bob Iger had intelligence that Omar Mateen and his wife had been at the Disney parks in the months leading up to the shooting. And actually that Omar Mateen had been at Disney Springs the night of the shooting alone with a stroller, which you know, most people believe that he was initially going to target Disney Springs wow. uh, that night, but there was armed security uh, at the at Disney Springs that night. And he said, no, I'm not gonna do it here. Um, but um, no, sorry, carry on, carry on. Yeah, no, so, you know, I think Bob Iger is at the opening of Shanghai Disney when the Pulse nightclub shooting happened. I read that in his book, The Time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Was, what's the book it, called? The Time. Uh, the Ride of a Lifetime. Sorry. Ride it's right of a Lifetime. It's, it's, yeah. right, it's right by me, actually. Yeah, he wrote um, about that and he wrote all about how he felt when he got that call. And, you know, it was, it's a really, if anyone wants to read more about Bob Iger and especially the Disney company, his life was so interesting. You should definitely check that book out on Amazon. No, absolutely. And in that book, he talks about that. And, you know, you probably wouldn't notice as much as I did coming from a security geek over here. Uh, Ron Iden, who's the chief security officer at Disney, he's in that prologue. He's like, you know, it was in next to Iger the whole time kind of saying, hey, just a heads up. We found pictures of him, you know, just a heads up. Cast members possibly were at the nightclub and kind of giving him those real life, real time updates so he can make a better decision uh, on how the company is going to respond. Do yeah. they need to start sending grief counselors to Disney World? Uh, you know, that's really global security is kind of the ones researching all those issues and informing the like CEO and all those people on how to best respond to incidents. I mean, the pressure again of that role is insane. So I don't envy you if you ever get there, John. Mm -hmm. I don't, but do you know what? It, 
so it's so refreshing to hear that um because i think you're right that disney um security even like face value at the parks walking into the park and the security guard not even so much the back office stuff they can be undermined at the end of the day the the car, the guests 90% of the time obviously as cast members we're a lot more patient with the security guys and stuff but as guests it's like I don't want to wait in this line I don't want my bag checked I want to get into the parks but without that front line there and everyone else that's paying attention to okay we need to up the level of security paying attention to all these little details like mm-hmm. like the potential shooting at Disney Springs like it it we would be going into an unsafe place and a mm-hmm. massive part about the fun and the magic of Disney is that it is a safe bubble. Like you, I don't think I've ever felt safer going to a tourist attraction anywhere else in the world. And I, a funny story, I might have told this on the podcast before, but it's it's uh, it's really relevant, is that I had two guests at the Rose and Crown once and um, they, I asked them like, how their day was going and they were like, oh, the husband was like, oh, the fiance at the time was said to me that he was gonna propose to his wife, but at security, the, the the ring box got open which sucks like it was really sucky and I, I managed to turn it around and like got them got everything sorted but they were so understanding because at the end of the day if they turn if people turn a blind eye to something like that, that, that as in the security team who knows what would be getting into those parks and there have been instances before where things have got in and that and it's it's things like that that have to be paid attention to otherwise we are going to an unsafe place and I'm not being funny Disney is one of the main hotspots in the world no, absolutely. And it's like you touched on Disney parks, you know, all Disney properties, but Disney parks, particularly, they represent something that's so special in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, the magic that is at those parks kind of re- represents like all the, the good in the yeah. world is how I look at it. And unfortunately, because of that, bad people will try to target it. Um, you know, it, like we said uh, with the Pulse nightclub shooting. And that's not the first time that, you know, Al-Qaeda has named Disney as a top, like a top target for years. Even yeah. uh, the Islamic State, I remember, put out a picture of a Disney store. I won't say where, I won't get into the details of it, but saying basically like, hey, if you support us, uh, go attack this place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it, but that does speak to the pressure that Disney security is under, kind of like, like, wow, people really like, you know, it's our job to protect and make sure like none of that ever happens here because this place represents just so much for the world. Yeah, 100%. But obviously, you have been going to these parts for years, you know, you've been going to these parts, you've experienced it all. But could you give us a highlight of either working for the company or being in the parts, like some memorable experiences you've had? It can be either or. We'll we'll, we'll happy to hear about both. Yeah, so I would get in big trouble if I didn't mention this as my highlight. I was engaged at Disney World. Yeah. Now mine. Now here's where I'm going to get in trouble because I'm going to tell the true story. Okay. Let's uh, do so, it. <laughs> oh, first, so, where were you engaged? We have to we have to hear that. So the plan was to get engaged. If you like are at the far end of Boardwalk, mm-hmm. like you could see like spaceship like you could see the Epcot you know what I mean and the idea was like okay we're gonna get there I'm gonna have a friend waiting down at that end with her phone and we're gonna get down there you know it's gonna be in the background great photo op drop down one knee it's January it's like 60 degrees it's not that cold right my wife who I bought a yellow dress for I was in a navy blue suit beauty and the beast great photo op uh 
she goes, I'm cold. Can we just go to Trattoria Alfarno? And I'm like, yeah, no, like we're a little bit early. Why don't we just, you know, walk down there? You know, we're early. And she's, yeah. Okay. She's, you know, throwing a little tantrum walking down there and halfway down, she's like, okay, no, I'm like, let's go to the restaurant. I'm like, all right, fine, fine. We'll go, we'll go eat, you know? So we get to dinner and obviously I'm a little bit frustrated, a little bit. I'm nervous. Myself like, now. I, yeah. Like <laughs> and she, like my wife's making it worse. She's like, well, now you have an attitude. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, it's, it's die bombing. This whole instance is die bombing. Right. And we get done with dinner and we go outside and I'm like, okay, I guess I'll do it, do it like right here, right outside the restaurant. And uh, I'm like, I see a cast member. I'm tell her like, Hey, can you take our photo? And she's like, yeah, of course, you know. And my wife has like a coat on over her dress. I'm like, Hey, can you take your coat off for the photo? And she goes, no. Yeah. And I'm like, no, Jen, like just real quick, just for the photo, you know, it's going to, you know, it's 65 degrees out or whatever. Uh, just take it off real quick. And she's like, I don't want to take it off. <gasps> oh, and my this, God. <laughs> at this point, I'm rethinking the whole marriage. Right. <laughs> the whole, <laughs> I look at her and like, I look at the cast member and I see the cast member looks at me and they like clearly know what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And they look like, I don't know what to do for you. They like, don't know what to do at this awkward moment. I just look at my wife and go, take your coat off. And she like looks at me for a second. And then I think it clicked in her head, like what was happening. So she threw that coat off straight away. She's like, get it off. <laughs> get her hand down, it. like, come on, where's the ring? <laughs> yeah. She, well, she took it off and I get, like, I get down one knee and I'm so like flabbergasted still by the whole incident. Like, I don't even say anything at first. <laughs> the cast member actually is like, are you going to say something? <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, will you marry me? I guess. Like, I bet but, uh, she's like thanking her lucky stars at the penny drop because I, speaking for a girl, I would be so angry if my outfit was bad, and two, if my outfit was covered. So thankfully, you planned her outfit, so she had a nice outfit. But could you imagine yeah. she had that coat on? I bet she's thinking, why was I? Why did I do that? Why was it being so difficult? Yeah, no, she, no, she still defends her actions. She still says it was cold. Um, <laughs> But, but no, it, you got there in the end. That's what matters. Yeah, it was great. And like, at least at the stores, a lot of the time, January is like the down month right after the holidays. So everybody typically uses their cast member like discounts to go down to the parks in January. So okay. I was down there with like seven or 10 like other cast members that I worked with. Uh, and then we met up at Disney Springs and kind of partied and celebrated the uh, event. So that was probably my top memory. Good and bad. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I mean, what a story though. It's a good story to tell. I'd rather have a better story than a perfect moment. I think that's what I like. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. But, Absolutely. But oh, I mean- We've loved having you on. It's been so, like, it's totally different for us. And that was the point of this podcast. We wanted to speak to people from all walks of life and all walks of Disney. So thank you so much for sharing your Disney journey with us. And we're excited to, you know, we're coming on your podcast soon and we'll be able to share our Disney experiences. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to having you guys on, and yeah. uh, I'll send you. I'll send you uh, you guys a heads up of like some topics what we're going to be talking brilliant. about because obviously it's more security focused. Definitely. But uh, 
but no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to having it. Having we have time. one more question, which Brad will okay. have to get in at every yeah, podcast. It is. It's, it's true. I do. And um, I just want to ask you, John, if you could be in any Disney park, resort, cruise line area, anywhere Disney in the world right now, where would you go and what would you do? Uh, Riverside, Port Orleans Riverside Resort. I would just go sit by the pool. Uh, that was like my home resort growing up. My parents always took me there. On my engagement trip, we stayed there. It was kind of like a uh, full circle life mm-hmm. thing, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, I just I have a love for that resort in particular. It's beautiful. Uh, Do you know it's yeah. such an underrated resort as well? Because it's not for some like I think Disney could make that a deluxe resort if they wanted to. Honestly, mm-hmm. I yeah. really think it is a standout. It's I think I did a ranking of the parks on a YouTube channel I used to run ages ago, and Port Orleans was definitely in like my top two or top three because it just is stunning. Like the, also yeah. the pool, massive appreciation for the pool. It's one of the best pools in Disney property. I think it's just beautiful inside and out. So um, uh, I mean, I hope that you can get there sooner rather than later, John. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm. I check the website like every day to see when it's gonna reopen because it's closed right now with COVID. But yeah, uh, so we'll see. Hopefully in the next six months or something. Yep. But amazing. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. Of course. Thank yeah. you guys. Really appreciate it. Definitely. No worries. And like, I'll just reiterate what Sophie said that this podcast is for not just cast members that work in the parks, it's from cast, for cast members from all walks of life. Any job that is out there, we all have a part to play in making the magic and making things work the way they do. So just a huge thank you to John, everyone. Woo! Oh. <laughs> Thanks, um, no worries. So that is all we've got time for. So this has been another episode of Confessions of a Disney Cast Member. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, follow our Instagram, and also go and listen to Depend on the Magic, which we will be on very shortly. And uh, keep spreading the magic, everyone. Uh, bye for now.